You ready to dive into some things looking into 2024? All right, we're going to look back at 2023 a little bit and rejoice and declare his goodness to us, and then we're going to look ahead. Go ahead and have a seat, and let me just pour this verse out over you, this truth out over you, this word from the Lord um, out of Deuteronomy 7.21. The Lord your God is among you, and he is a great and awesome God. That's truth right there. That's a promise to us right there, that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. We just come through the Christmas season, came through the Christmas season. Hopefully you came through it unscathed. Hopefully you, well, you're here, so you're still, you lived through it. But Matthew in his gospel, when writing about the birth of Jesus, said this to us. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Does that excite you at all? The Lord your God is among you. He is in our midst, and he is a great and awesome God. So the plaguing question that's got my attention and the people are asking all over the world as we face 2024 is this question, is God still with us? Is he still in our midst? The Lord your God is in your midst and he is a great and awesome God. So the question is, is he still working in our midst? Is he still walking among us? Is he still the great and awesome God of the Old Testament has Here's a question. Has his power somehow diminished over time? Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Do you live in a way, and are you living in a way, have you been living in a way in the midst of everything that's in our world today that is proof that in your heart you truly believe that God is as powerful as he was back in the Old Testament and he's still working powerfully and miraculously today? Is he still the God I've always read about who like parted Red Seas? Took care of his children so that they could escape the enemies? Is he still the God who tumbled the walls of Jericho with just the shout from the lips of his children? They didn't have to do anything but walk around it, blow their trumpets and shout. And bam, the walls fell down. God did a mighty work. Is he still that kind of God? Is he the God who shuts the mouths of hungry lions to save his servant like he did Daniel? Is he still, with just a word, calming the storms that threaten the very lives of those who follow him, those of us who are his modern-day disciples? Is he still doing that? Is he still with us like he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, miraculously delivering his children out of the fiery furnaces where they don't even have a hint of smoke on their clothes? You remember that story? What an awesome story that was. Is he still the God moving in our midst the way he was then and with his people in the middle of the fire like he was then? So here's this king, King Nebuchadnezzar, who sets himself up as God, on earth, and he declares everybody in his kingdom, you, every single person, must bow down to this golden image of myself and worship me. And there were three Hebrew 
children, they call them. They were three Hebrew young men that were actually kidnapped from their country, brought into exile, and now are slaves in the house of Nebuchadnezzar. And they refused to bow down and dishonor the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, the only one true God, and worship this idol. And they said, no, we cannot do that. And the king said, listen, guys, you've got to, or else you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they, because they would not, they would not sin against their God, would not bow down. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, got so furious, he said, heat the furnace up seven times hotter than normal and throw these boys in there. It was so hot that when they threw them in, you remember the story? The people, that the servants or the, the soldiers probably that threw them in there, they were burned up because it was so hot. Question, is God still walking among his people and delivering his people who are faithful to him the same way that he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Is he? <laughs> okay, really easy to sit here, right? This was a real thing. This is a real story. This really happened. It was real for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they had to make a decision on their life and in the midst of their culture and their world, which was causing them to question, do I really serve Almighty God? Am I going to serve Almighty God when my very life is at stake? And make a decision like that. Easy for us to sit in church, right? And then, yes, yes, praise the Lord, until the heat comes. And we're required to stand or not for the Lord. Is God still with us? Yes, he is. I want you to look at the end of the story. Because they went ahead and they threw them into the fiery furnace. And suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar was watching, by the way. He jumps up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a God. You know why he looked like a God? Because it was God. It was Jesus Christ in, <laughs> in the fiery furnace with them, and what were these men doing in the fiery furnace? They were screaming for their lives. Ah, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, where is God? Look at it. They were walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. You don't see them running around freaking out because that's not how people who have almighty God as their father and who is in their midst with them, that's not how they act. That's not how we act. We don't freak out in the middle of the fiery trials that come our ways because God is, because God is, come on balcony, let's hear you, because God is, Everybody at home, let's hear you because God is. You're not at home. I was talking to them. <laughs> no, God's people walk through the fire knowing that Emmanuel means that God is with us. Some have said this. They said that God does some of his best work in the furnace, that God does some of the best work in the fire, that God does some of the best work in the storms, that God does some of his best work in the face of death, that God does some of his best work in the darkness, in the pain, in the suffering. And there's all kinds of scripture to back up those statements. 
as we face 2024, we could be facing, I believe we will be facing some of the most terrifying, painful times like none of us have ever seen. Okay, I got that out. I just said it. I've been musing all night about leaving that out of this sermon and not speaking to that at all. Because I'm afraid I'm getting the reputation of being like the pastor of doom and gloom. And I don't mean it to be that at all. In fact, I came into our, um, our, our staff meeting we had this week, our whole entire team um, was meeting to plan some things for the future. And I opened in prayer and I opened with a prayer that said, Lord, this could be one of the most challenging years we have ever faced. It could be one of the most terrifying times that we have ever experienced. It could be one of the most fiery times that the world has ever known. And we're going to be experiencing that. Help us as we go through this with the rest of the world. And one of our staff members came up to me and said, well, thank you for killing the joy of the new year. I came into work all pumped up and excited. Come on, let's go team. We're gonna have a great year. And then you pray this doom and gloom prayer. And I said, well, I could have done something like this. Lord, thank you that this year is gonna be the rosiest time of our lives. (laughs) And just ignore everything I know about what's happening in the world. Do you know what's happening in the world? Can I be your friend and come alongside of you and just say, if, you, if you're the kind of person, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, um, you should inform yourself. There are some people I know sitting here and you're, Your decision you've made in life is, I'm not going to make myself aware. I don't want to know what's happening in the world. This would be a good time for you to change that, do a New Year's resolution and say, I'm going to find some news that I can trust and some resources that I can trust that will tell me the truth so that I could be alert and aware to what's going on in the world around me. Because all around us, my friends, right now, chaos is ensuing. Conflict is increasing. Lawlessness is rampant. Natural disasters are abounding. Those of you who are keeping up with things, am I making this up? Am I exaggerating things? Are you kidding me? In Japan, they have two major earthquakes. Have you heard about that? A 7.8 or 7.6 or something like that and a 6 point something. And then 155 earthquakes happened there in a 24-hour period. Are you keeping up with that? Did you know that that's what the Bible says is going to increase and is going to happen? Division and hatred are out of control in this world and in our own culture here in America. My friends, the world is on fire. The Middle East is a mess. Africa, some horrible, horrible, evil, demonic things are happening in Africa right now. Our border is open and out of control. Don't think that there aren't people who want to harm America aren't coming across our border and coming into and infiltrating our world here. 24 is gonna be a crazy year. We have a lot to face. Someone told me just this morning that 
there is going to be more elections happening worldwide this year than ever before. There are going to be people coming in, being voted into power all over the world, and the U.S. has one of our most critical elections ever, in my opinion, this year, in 2024. One expert says, if America even gets to have an election this year, with the crazy stuff that is going on and the mess that our Supreme Court's going to have to work their way through. I wasn't planning on going into all of that. The world is on fire, and you might say, well, of course it is, because you're a biblical scholar, because you know that this is the plan and the will of the evil one, all that is going on in our world, who is the enemy of God, but all of it, even his plans, are all prophesied, and it's the prophesied outcome of this world that is heading for death and destruction and the end of all things. I read this just this morning. The world is wicked. It shouldn't come as a shock to any of us because the Lord isn't surprised. He's been dealing with evil since the beginning of time. I just read in my Bible, as I'm reading through the Bible, I read this morning, Genesis chapter seven, where it said that God couldn't find anyone righteous on the earth, that everyone, their ways were only wicked continuously except one person, and he could only find one righteous person on the earth, and his name was Noah. This isn't new to God. She goes on to write, our battle isn't against Target or Starbucks. The battle isn't even against our government. Paul was very clear that our battle is against evil forces in this world. Friend, you can worry, you can be scared, you can boycott, and you can get mad, and I'd be right there with you, but when you really need to do is to armor up. You need to be prepared to fight the battle that is waging war on your marriages, on your children, on your relationships, and on your very soul. So put on the whole armor of God. Open your Bible. Take your concerns and worries and needs to the Lord God Almighty. And if he lives in your hearts, then greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Lord your God is in your midst, and he is an awesome, powerful God, and he is still with us today, my friend no matter what's going on in the world around us. And in the midst of all that is stirring around us as we see the decline of humanity and the falling apart of our societal culture, God's church is still on the move. We're still standing, we're still meeting, we're still growing, we're still worshiping Jesus and proclaiming his name, his powerful name. We're still walking with him, we're still working for him because the Lord our God is still very much in our midst. And I'd like to take a few moments. This is what we do every year. It's one of my favorite Sundays. I want to take a couple of moments to showcase God's presence, to help you see that he is still very much alive on this earth, and he's still very much alive in his church, and he's still very much alive in our church, in the lives of all of us together as we work for him. So take a second and watch this year in review video before we go any further. We're going to be doing everything we do in this ministry to equip you to love God more and love people more so that we can influence our world even to get a greater level and a greater degree in 2023 than we ever have before for the gospel of Jesus Christ.
2023 is about to bring with it events like we have never seen before. But we don't despair in the face of that. Because 2023 might be our finest hour. get darker in the world, the light of Christ through his people get brighter. And it's our time to shine when things get darker. We don't despair because we're God's children, the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. to stand in truth, armed with courage, so that when our nation reaps her whirlwind, and she's going to reap it soon, we won't falter and fall down in the midst of all that and run around chasing the wind like everybody else. who hear my words and put them into practice will be on the rock. They will build their house on the rock. And when the winds come, we will stand. Let the winds blow. Let it rage all around us. When everybody else's houses fall because of what they have harvested from what they planted, they will turn to people whose houses are still standing. They will turn to those who didn't chase the wind. They'll turn to those who made it their goal every single day to please God and not to please themselves. Because those houses will be standing and they will find hope and they will find help and they will find deliverance and they will find salvation in the midst of their trial. Because God's people didn't chase the wind. Well, we have a great team that could put together something like that, but to give us a glimpse and a remembrance of all that he has done. And God always encourages his people to remember his great works and to be diligent to rehearse the things that our eyes have seen and our lives have experienced. In fact, in Deuteronomy 4.10, this is what the Bible says, remind your children and your children's children and teach them to fear me. Tell the stories 
Talk about his greatness. Talk about his goodness that's been running after us all the days of our lives. In fact, in Deuteronomy 7, 18, God taught his people to fight fear of the future and to the fear of your enemies by remembering what the Lord did in the past to help you as you face the future. So remembering the Lord and rehearsing his goodness and his great deeds helps us in the face of fear as we face the future, an uncertain future. In fact, I think one of the saddest passages in all the Bible is Judges 2.10. That when all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them. This is speaking of his children, Israel, who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel because they stopped telling the stories to their children. And the result is then the children of Israel forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and they followed other gods from among the gods of all the people who were still all around them. It's the saddest verse in the whole Bible to me because it took only one generation to lose the spiritual legacy that should have been held to and passed on by those who experienced it themselves. We're not gonna let that happen here. So every year we take a Sunday where we just rehearse all the great things that the Lord has done and talk about his mighty presence with us in 2023. So are you ready for this? I'm gonna have to go fast, okay? And so you're gonna be like, Phil, take a breath, slow down. I can't or we'll never get through to the second service. All right, here we go. There are two statements that define us and direct us. These statements give us our marching orders and answer the questions, what are we trying to accomplish at First Baptist Church? Why do we exist and who are we and how should we be serving the Lord? So here they are. The first is our vision statement that comes straight out of the Great Commission in Matthew 28 that says that our vision is to be a growing, relevant, vibrant, and biblically-based community of passionate Christ followers focused on making disciples. Our mission statement gives us feet to accomplish the things in our vision statement, and our mission statement comes from the great commandment out of Matthew chapter 12 that says, our mission is to equip believers to love God, love people so that we can influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. To love God, we're here, we exist to equip all of you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and love the church of Jesus Christ. And when we do, the Bible says, Jesus says, we will influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what we're about. This is what defines us. And we accomplish our mission and vision through three different ways. The ministry of the word as we worship Christ in community together like this on Sunday mornings, which is a time when we offer our praise and we offer our gifts and we offer our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. We accomplish our vision and our mission through care and the accountability and the one another ministry of life groups and small groups as we walk together in growth in our lives with the Lord and through other different spiritual growth opportunities that we bring available to you during the year. And then we also accomplish our vision and mission through generously giving of ourselves to work for Christ as we serve the body and we serve our community and we serve the world. Right now, I'm gonna take you on a journey to see how God worked in and through us in 2023, but I have a disclaimer and I want everyone to make sure you hear this loud and clear. We are not boasting or bragging on what we have done or what we have accomplished because we are clear in our minds that without God doing the work, in fact, let me just say it this way, we only boast in the Lord. 
we can only boast in the Lord. We fully understand that we can't do anything outside of the power of God. We can't do anything for the kingdom to enhance the kingdom or to advance the kingdom outside of the work the Lord does through us as we submit ourselves to him. You're clear on that, right? So I don't have to say that again. I can go on down through this. We're boasting in the Lord. We're giving him glory. We're telling the stories of his presence here with us because he is able to do immeasurably more and then all we can ask or imagine if we just get out of the way and let him work. So let's look at our, at our growth in our worship. We're gonna go worship, walk, and work, okay? So let's look at our growth in our worship. Um, the first thing that we do when you enter into church on Sunday morning is we lift high the name of Jesus in song. You heard that this morning. We heard the name of Jesus many times this morning. And we rang out the praises to the Lord from 84 different songs in 23, of which 19 were newly introduced to us. Now, here's what we have as a goal. We have 100% participation as our goal. Did you know that? 100. Do you know what 100% is? It's 100. Thank you. Man, you're starting to get, it's all of us, 100% of us in participation. That's our goal because that's God's goal. Did you know that? That God has in his word, let everything that has breath let everything that has breath praise. praise the Lord. So praise the Lord. Lift up him in song. Lift him up in your life. Lift him up in everything that you do. Shout his name. Speak his name. Dance before the Lord. As long as it doesn't offend everybody around you. And clap your hands and shout for him. Play your instruments for him because he is worthy of our praise. But we, we're looking for 100% participation. And I'm so proud of the growth that we are seeing in our congregation in worship and your participation. You're well on the way to realizing that 100% goal. We also lift high the truth of his word. That's the key thing that we do. You sat through 2,410 minutes of preaching the word this year. That's 40.2 hours of preaching. But I want you to hear that this is the number one core value of our church. We're committed to the authority and superiority of the word of God to be preached and lived out corporately and individually in all of us. It's the foundation upon which this whole ministry is built and why it has lasted all of these years. And we will always stand. You have the commitment that we will always stand on Christ and his word and nothing else. We're streaming, did you know, we're streaming into 10 countries and 34 states. Those of you who are streaming right now and are joining us from wherever you are, we love you. We're so glad that you're part of this with us. I would invite you, if you live in the area, come join us live sometime. Um, but wherever you are in those 10 countries or those 34 states, we're glad that you're coming and participating with us. And we want you to know that you are loved, even though you're not here present with us. The Lord Jesus loves you, and, and so do we. We have a prayer team that works with everyone online when they need prayer, and our prayer team interacted with attenders every single week, um, praying with them, and 16 different people this year raised their hand to accept Christ while watching our services from home. And we praise the Lord for that because this is what we're all about. This is what we do. No better way to lift high the name of Jesus than to make his word, the Bible, the main thing in every aspect of what we do. It permeates and leads our every move here in the ministry because without it, we have nothing to say and we have nothing to sing about, right? It is the word of God that leads everything. Another thing we do in our worship is the giving of our gifts, which is honoring Christ in our generosity. We believe that giving 
is an act of our weekly worship. And that's why every single week we unapologetically give you an opportunity to bring your gifts to the Lord and offer them to the Lord. Um, and you're so, you've been so faithful in all of that. And I just wanna talk to you about that and have you see something about our budget, okay? Our bu- budget that we set every year takes care of the facility, takes care of our employees, and takes care of the work of the ministry. But I want you to know that we're constantly wanting to give away more and more money outside of this ministry. We've said over and over again that we aren't a storehouse. The church is not a storehouse. It's a distribution center for the gifts of God's people to do the ministry and advance the kingdom through the gospel around the world. So our annual budget was $2.5 million, which we needed a weekly um, giving to meet that need of $49,000 a week. But you gave just shy this year of $57,000 a week, which is just over $3 million. Now, because of your generosity, we're able to set money aside to give away to missionaries that are all over the world. And so we budgeted $272,000 to take care of missions and outreach worldwide. Um, we're loving that, we, that you have been so generous. We're actually looking into new missionaries now. It's been quite a while since we've been able to bring on new missionaries, but we have two new ones that we introduced to you, Alex Follette. Um, here's the Follette family on the screen, Alex and Lauren. And by the way, um, you see those two little ones? They've been home off the mission field. Those are twins that they just had, two little girls, and now they're heading back to West Africa where um, they will be serving in um, church planting through Pioneer Bible Translators. We're so excited to have them join our missions team, our missions family, and our family of Christ here in our church, and we'll have them before you um, soon. Um, Here's a picture of Brooklyn, Brooklyn Deerdorf, and uh, Brooklyn literally was born in this church, not like in the building, but born here, born and raised here. And Brooklyn, we're so proud of you. She's getting ready to go on a two-year internship with Word of Life Portugal, where she'll be learning the language and then sharing her faith with adult students and children throughout her two years of overseas ministry. Brooklyn, come here. Just stand up and I know you just come over here. Just jump over your parents and your grandma and everything. Um, We're so proud of you. And we're so excited to partner with you as you go into Portugal and serve the Lord. I just want to, you're leaving Tuesday, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. So she leaves tomorrow. She starts heading out for this big two-year adventure. Let's just, can we just take a second and pray over her and pray God's blessing over her? Lord, we just thank you so much for the partnership that we have um, globally with people that you lay on their hearts, the specific life goal and life Um, assignment to go out and share the gospel with people who've never heard in other countries. I pray your blessing over Brooklyn as she goes and the Follettes as they go back to West Africa, that you will strengthen her and that you'll give her favor in everywhere, that you'll give her a mind and a heart that picks up on the language like super clearly and that she's able to communicate clearly to the people there and that you'll bless her with fruit Um, that will last and fruit that will multiply, that she'll bring many people to Christ. I thank you for the investment that has been poured into her, and now I pray that you'll take her and use her powerfully. Thank you for giving that ministry and that burden on her heart. Uh, Protect her, Lord, from the attack of the evil one as she goes out to do your work and bless her. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. 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 Love you. So exciting to partner in ways like that. And um, 
We have some pictures of Zimbabwe. We've been involved with those in the pastors in the Zambezi Valley uh, through Rock Cry Ministries, and they are sending us pictures of baptisms that they are having with people who are getting saved and being baptized, and they're raising them up to go take the gospel out. So awesome to hear what's going on. You're going to hear more about that in the Zambezi Valley. Um, the Armijos, Alejandro and Robin Armijo in Chile are doing amazing work. Some great things are happening there. We were able to partner and help them with food boxes. They actually pack up these food boxes, put the gospel into it, but they don't just like hand them out. They actually go to people's houses and they share the gospel if they're open to it. And they've seen many people come to Lord to the Lord through that ministry, just the food box ministry. And it's been so fun to be part of that with them. It is your generosity to the work of the ministry through your giving that allows us to have these kinds of partnerships worldwide. We just came through the season of generosity and our goal was $276,500. This was additional gifts that we asked you to give over and above your regular giving and you gave in a big way to help meet the needs of local and global partnerships. And so our, our season total, our total came in at $357,900 of that $276,000 goal. And we just praise the Lord for that. ECA got involved and they get involved in season of generosity. Did you know that for years now, they collect number 10 cans, those are the big ones, right, of vegetables and um, and fruit for faith mission. This year, they brought in 3,108 cans of vegetables and fruit, built this big Christmas tree um, for them, and they take it over. The school actually supplies their entire year's worth, their entire year need at faith mission in those um, fruits and vegetables, which is an amazing thing. So that means that we set out, okay, our goal was to give away $548,000 to different ministries, but because of your generosity, this year, our mission and outreach investment came to $630,000. We need to praise the Lord for that, you guys. Praise the Lord for that and what he's done for us. How awesome is it that we, see, together, collectively, when we're together, we're better together. We can accomplish so much more when we're together and we're giving what the Lord lays on our heart to give. Well, let's explore our growth and our discipleship efforts, okay, as we walked together with the Lord in 2013. Um, let's start with our adults. We've, had, we've seen 71 new members partner with us in 2023. Um, we have 690 adults that are active in life groups. And by the way, if you're not in one, in one of our 41 groups, this is the year. Um, you need to get in a life group. This is where you connect. This is where care happens in our church, and we think it'd be a great program for you to get involved in. We had 60 people go through our counseling program. Here's what I know. Um, everyone needs to be counseled, and everyone needs to be counseling. That's what I know. There's nothing wrong with going through a counseling program whenever you have a time of, um, whenever you have a hardship come into your life or you have a hiccup happen and you need, to, you need some help. And I'm so thankful for the lay people, lay men and women um, who have a heart for this and counseling. I've gone to training and learned how to use the word of God to help people walk through the storms 
that are in their life. 60 people went through our counseling program. We had 1,271 people participate in what we call lay-led ministries. These are ministries that include men's and women's Bible studies, all led by laymen and laywomen in our church, our deaf ministry, Revive Elkhart, Ladies Mingles, Sons of Thunder Motorcycle Club, Bible Quizzing, Fight Club, Woodland Trails Prediction Runs, Woodland Courts Pickleball, Iron Man Softball, Men's Momentum Group, Singles Together, Better Together, Grief Share, Trail Life Ministry, and Alongsiders Ministry, and I've probably missed some that we have, but this, what's so cool about this, you guys, is that this isn't driven by a pastor on the pastoral team. This is driven by you, the people in the pew, laymen and laywomen who have the Holy Spirit of God lay on their hearts a ministry, and they come and say, can we start up a ministry? We're like, how can we help you? And these things are happening, and you're ministering. You've ministered to 1,271 people through these different ministries in 2023. We thank you for that from the depths of our hearts. We've had 50 people experience um, the journey, which is our acceleration lane um, to the connection and to um, ministry opportunities here. You've heard us talking about it lately. There's one starting up actually next week. It's not too late to sign up, but you can sign up today for that. And if, if you're new to the church or newer to the church and you just wanna know what we're all about, this gives you a great overview of that. We'd love to have you be part of that. Let's jump to our youth. We have um, averaged 85 students during this year of 2023 in our care ministry. And um, they always come to me and say, we want everybody to know some things. So here they are. You ready for them? They want you to know that they drove 1,556 miles in a bus this year, and they consumed an innumerable number of slices of pizza (laughs) this year. They participated in 11 different events, and they would like us to know that they suffered 19 dodgeballs to the face, zero broken bones, one jammed finger, and one severe tendon, and 48 damaged egos, all for the glory of Jesus Christ. And so um, there you have it. Emerson and Kara, so thankful for them and all of our uh, leadership in the youth ministry that take care of our youth in this critical time of their life. We're so thankful for what God is doing there. In our children's ministry, we have 270 children every week in Sunday school, and we have 108 children on average every Sunday night in Kids Club. And listen, I want you to hear that what children's ministry is about here is not just a glorified babysitting service so that we can enjoy our times together like this. Our volunteers and our staff are so locked in to um, teaching our children the word of God. Um, a big part of that is memory, memory verses and um, and putting the Bible to memory in our hearts so that we, the Bible says, won't sin against God. And in the very impressionable years, they need God's word. So they memorized, all the kids together, memorized 803 verses just between the years of three years old. Yeah, three years old in sixth grade, uh, memorizing the scriptures. Elkhart Christian Academy is doing an amazing work. And there, God is blessing us in amazing ways. We, we, the place is filled. We have people on waiting lists to get in. And they're just doing a fantastic job. Elkhart Christian Academy, if you don't know, is a ministry of First Baptist Church. And they are doing fantastic partnering with parents to help raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord through their education uh, process. We're thankful for that and praise the Lord for that. All right, finally, let's explore our growth through our serving, okay? As we worked for Christ in many different ways in 2023, we had 16 
are 61 people that work in tech and worship ministry just to make Sunday happen like this. It actually takes 25 people. 25 people are working right now to produce this and to make this happen so that we can have a smooth service like we have, and I'm so thankful for all of them. We have 317 volunteers on our nine guest service teams. These are the people that take care of us from the parking lot to the pew. It takes 61 of them every Sunday to take care of us. Um, We have 16 youth care group leaders that are working with our teenagers every Sunday night. We have 265 volunteers in our children's ministry. That takes 100 volunteers a Sunday to make children's ministry work. That means that it takes 221 people working right now to make this service happen each week. And if you add the 82 couples leading life groups and 41 people hosting those life groups in their homes, it's a total of 463 people a week to make church happen. We're so thankful that we have people of God who understand that they have a job to do and they have gifts given by the Holy Spirit to use for his glory and to serve the church. And we're so thankful for you. We as a church served our community through Officer Appreciation Day where we had 100 people volunteer for that. You took 80 dozen donuts to local police, fire and urgent care centers throughout Elkhart County. We served over 350 families by providing and passing out food and hygiene boxes with toys and blankets. We partnered with ministries like Lifeline, The Crossing, Michiana Biblical Counseling Center, Faith Mission, Feed the Children, Ribbon of Hope, Church Community Services, Bristol Food Pantry, Retta, Spa Women's Ministries, and Time to Revive. Thank the Lord for this. I mean, this is so awesome to be able to stand here and say this. We hosted outside groups on our campus. Um, we are an election polling station. Don't know if you know that. This year is going to be an amazing year for that. Um, and so we have hundreds of people come onto our campus in that way. We hosted First State Bank, Fireside Homes, Acts 2 Realtors, Krugel Lot and CPAs, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, The Crossing. Did you know that BSF holds a women's meeting here every Tuesday and we have over 300 women studying the word of God right here in this building every, Wednesday, every Tuesday morning. We have homegrown Hearts Homeschool Co-op that meets here. We have over 200 children that are in our building on Wednesdays um, using our building and teaching them about the Lord. And we're just so thankful to be able to open our facilities and open our hearts to anybody who would like to to be here and and be impacted by the ministry here. But the gold, you ready for the gold? Because here's the gold. The gold is how many people have been saved and how many people have been baptized. And we were able to see 41 recorded salvations this year and 123 people baptized. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something, okay? I mean, praise the Lord. This is, this is it. This is, this is what we work for. This is, remember, our mission is to equip believers to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love each other as they love themselves, the Bible says. And when we do that, we will impact our world with the gospel. And so the, the, the bottom line of our ministry is to equip everyone to become missionaries everywhere. And we have many, many more than 41 who have indicated that they were saved this year and that they made a decision for Christ. But we don't want to tell you that because we don't, we don't have it recorded. So what we bring to you, that 41, are the people that actually we have connected with since their salvation, have put them on a path to discipleship, 
and we're connected with them and helping them grow in their new walk with Christ, in their new life with him. And so, um, but we have had many, many more who have said, I want to know Jesus. And there's a whole lot of people that are here in our midst um, calling this their church that are on a journey towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're gonna continue to be faithful to share that with them. This, my friends, is the fulfillment of our vision and mission. This is the fruit that will last. And I hope that it's an encouragement to you. And I hope that you're ready um, as we look to 24. We don't know what 2024 will bring. Some of you think you do. How many of you live by your calendars? Are you kidding? Did I not ask that right? Am I the only person who lives by my calendar? Oh, I didn't say it clearly. How, let me start over. How many of you live by your calendar? I mean like every morning and maybe even the night before you go to bed, you open up your calendar to see what is tomorrow hold? Okay, how many of you have one of those calendars right close by? Can I see it? It's on your phone? Look at you. You're all Miss Electronic now. Let me just say this. Do you have yours open? You do? Can I see it? Okay, so what's tomorrow? Birthdays. Two birthdays. Tomorrow's Jared's birthday. That's awesome. And you have questions for somebody tomorrow. Let me just ask you something. Um, How do you know? (laughs) I can't read it. How do you know that um, tomorrow's going to happen? You don't. Right? I mean, I live by my calendar. I live and die by my calendar. But the reality is I might not make it through the next three words. None of us know if we have tomorrow. I'm getting ready to talk to a family this afternoon. Sam Fry uh, passed and is with the Lord, passed on his birthday, December 23rd, and he's with the Lord right now. We're gonna talk to the people today that life is short and we don't know if we have tomorrow. We could all, none of us know if we have the next moment. And we look at our calendars and we plan and we're gonna make plans. We're gonna make great big plans for Our lives, we're gonna make big plans as a church. We're gonna look to the future. We're gonna ask the Lord to guide us and give us, we've got some big goals that we're gonna achieve, but the reality is we're not doing anything without God. In fact, as we look to ministry expansion, we might even call it, we're not gonna go unless you go with us, God. Because there's, we don't wanna try to anything without the Lord out in front of us And we're gonna let the Lord lead us into the future, amen? And that's why it's so important to understand that the Lord is with us. We don't know what 24 will bring, but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, really, so what? And you're like, how can you say that, Phil? Aren't you worried about it? Eh, kind of. Yes, I am. I'm not kind of, yes, I am. And I have nights where I lay awake going, what is going to happen? But I have to remind myself when those times come, those times of doubt and the time of anxiety comes, you know what, what am I worried about? I follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's in control of all things. And the Lord your God is among you. And he is a great and awesome God. The furnace 
of the end of all time is being turned up on the world stage right now and as a result being turned up on the church of Jesus Christ. Now more than ever is the time for we, his children, to lean into the word of God and lean into each other. I want to tell you this needs to be the year that you need to make church a major commitment. I mean, gathering together like this. You need the people of God, and we need every one of you. This ought to be the year that you get into a small group because we're coming up on some hard times, and we're going to really need each other, and you're going to need to be plugged into the care network, which is small groups at First Baptist Church, so we can care for you, and you need to be caring for all of us. You need to start serving on a ministry team We need to basically embrace and harness the strength of every single one of us, 100% participation as we face this new year. And we don't need to be afraid and we don't need to be worried because God is with us. The God who promised his people Israel that he would never leave them or forsake them is the same God who reminds us, his church, in Hebrews 13, 6, that the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me. Say amen to that. It doesn't matter what this world brings. We serve the Lord. Jesus said, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And the way that that happens is through the power and work of the Holy Spirit that he gave to us. He gave to, he promised his disciples that I'm going to leave this place, but I'm not leaving you. I'm going to send you my comforter, and I'm going to give you my spirit. And and John 14, 16 says, and he will be with you forever. Say that word, forever. That's how long the Holy Spirit will be with you. And Jesus said, because you have my Holy Spirit, I am with you. And by the way, I'm in my Father, and my Father is in me. Therefore, if I am in you, then the Father is in you. So reality is this, that if we possess the Holy Spirit of God because of our relationship with him and our repentance and forgiveness of sins, then we possess inside of us, dwelling in us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So let me ask you the question that I started with. Is God still with us? Absolutely he is with us. In fact, he's with us in more intimate ways than he was back when he wrote that in Deuteronomy to the people of Israel because they didn't possess him. They didn't have him indwelling them like he indwells us today. That should bring some joy to your heart. Jesus has always been and always will be with us. I've used this before, but I couldn't help it. So will you indulge me to use it one more time? I might use it again some other time too. Can I have your permission to do that? Because what I want you to understand is that what's happening in our world is all about about God and all about Jesus. And Jesus has been present from the very beginning. You can actually see Jesus every book of the Bible because it's all about him. It's all pointing to him. It's all about, the whole Bible is all about the restoration of all that has been broken because of sin and the, the broken relationship between God and man because sin came into the world. So indulge me in this, okay? In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, 
He's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra and Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he is Mordecai's courage. In Job, he is ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he's our good shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he is our loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentation, he's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fire. Isn't that awesome? In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he's the spirit's power. In Amos, he's the arms that carry our burdens. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he's pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores the lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is our foundation. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews. In Mark, he is the servant. In Luke, he is the son of man, feeling what you feel. And in John, he is the son of God. In the book of Acts, he is the savior of the world. In Romans, he's the righteousness of God. In 1 Corinthians, he's the power of love. In Galatians, he's our freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. And in Philippians, he is our joy. In Colossians, he is completeness. In Thessalonians, he is our hope. In 1 Timothy, he's your faith. And in 2 Timothy, he's your stability. And in Titus, he is truth. In Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he's the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the one who heals the sick. And in 1 Peter, he is our example. And in 2 Peter, he's our purity. In 1 John, he is your life. In 2 John, he's your pattern. And in 3 John, he's your motivation. In Jude, he's the foundation of our faith. And in Revelation, my friends, he's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's the creator of all and the keeper of creation. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all time. He always was, always is, and always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing, persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life, risen and brought power and he forever reigns and brings peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Son of Man. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Great I Am. He is my Redeemer. He is my Savior. He is my guide, my peace, my joy, my comfort. He is my God and our Savior. He is Jesus Christ the Lord. And when time is no more, he is and always will be Emmanuel. God with us. Come on, church. Let's stand and let's lift up his goodness again, okay? Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you Your goodness is running after 
as we face um, an uncertain future. Help us to see you at work in us. Help us to live in such a way that we reflect your glory and that we shine our light because, Lord, as it gets darker, the light shines even brighter if we'll just shine it. Help our children to be able to see it in us and to see your glory. And we ask for your favor to rest on us. Give us favor with each other. Give us favor with those in the world. And help our efforts to be successful, Lord. Not successful so that we could say we have a great church. Successful because we're seeing fruit from our labor. Use us powerfully, I pray. In Jesus' powerful name, say it with me. Come on. Amen. 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 God bless you. Give somebody a big hug on your way out. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's go take it on, all right?